This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. The eye of the believer sees everything through the lens of the greatness of Allah. So he doesn't belittle a good deed because he knows the greatness of the one he's doing it for. لا تحقيرنا من المعروف شيئا. Do not belittle any good deed, the Prophet said. And with that same reasoning, he also doesn't belittle any sin because he recognizes the greatness of the one who he is sinning against. Hence the Prophet warned against muhaqqarat al-dhunub, the belittling of sin. Now when you do good, you remember that Allah deserves better, so you keep doing more good. And when you inevitably do sin, you remember that Allah's mercy is greater than your sin and you repent. And when you think this short dua or this little deed or this little donation isn't going to make a difference, remember that once you plant that deed with sincerity, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's going to grow it from there. So as you're standing before Allah, what deeds have you brought with you to this momentous meeting with Him? Before the deeds are weighed, they are presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they're actually presented to you by Allah. And Allah already knows your motivations. He knows your intentions. And on that day, it's the motivation behind your deed that's going to turn it into a mirage or a mountain. And this is a frequent theme in the Quran and the Sunnah. This idea of mountains and mustard seeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, a deed, the weight of a mustard seed will be compensated. So he says that whoever does an atom's worth of good will see it. And whoever does an atom's worth of evil will see it. And he also says, That even if it's a mustard seed worth, we will bring it forward. So a mustard seed of good will be accepted from you today. But then by the same token, on the day of judgment, Allah says, even a mountain of gold would do you no good. And one of the problems with someone with narrow vision is that a person with no foresight only acts in accordance with what is immediately in front of them. So on the day of judgment, this wicked person seeing the consequences of their deeds, they're willing to give up the whole world in gold 10 times over. And Allah says, I didn't ask you for all of that. You were not asked for the whole world in gold. But it's only because now that person is facing the consequences of their deeds that they're willing to give it all up for Allah. Likewise, in this life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if the son of Adam was given a valley of gold, he's not gonna say Alhamdulillah for that valley. He would want two of them. And then if he's given two valleys of gold, he's going to want three valleys of gold. And nothing is going to stop that appetite except for dirt in the mouth, meaning death. So the short-sighted person they can't see past what's right in front of them. And that's all that's going to drive them when it comes to fear and reward. The Sahaba, on the other hand, had the opposite attitude altogether. They acted now for the next life and they were accepted. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was pleased with them, which is why the Prophet said, La tasubbu ashabi, do not curse my companions. For if any one of you were to spend gold equal to Uhud, it would not equal even a handful of what they spent for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because their intentions turned their small deeds into mountains, mountains that were like Uhud in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, is that something just for them? While the rank is unique to the Sahaba, the concept is the same. 
Remember what the Prophet said about planting your seeds into the earth, even if the hour is already established. In another hadith, the Prophet said, Inna Allah la yurabbi di ahadikum tamrata wal luqmata kama yurabbi ahadukum faluwahu aw fasilahu hatta yakuna mithla uhud. He said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that verily Allah will take your date and charity or the morsel that you give and he will raise it up for you the way that one of you would raise a horse or a young camel until it becomes like a mountain of Uhud for that moment that you meet him subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another narration, the Prophet said something similar. He said, مَا تَصَدَّقَ أَحَدٌ بِصَدَقَةٍ مِّن طَيِّبٍ وَلَا يُقْبَلُ اللَّهُ إِلَّا الطَّيِّبَ إِلَّا أَخَذَهَا الرَّحْمَانُ بِيَمِينِهِ That no one of you gives charity from tayyib, from that which is pure. And Allah only accepts that which is pure. Except that Ar-Rahman, the most merciful, will accept it with his right hand. وَإِن كَانَتْ تَمْرَةً Even if it is a date, تَرْبُوا فِي كَفِ الرَّحْمَانِ حَتَّى تَكُونَ أَعْظَمَ مِنَ الْجَبَلِ The Prophet said Allah will nurture it in his hands until it is greater than a mountain, just as one of you raises his horse or his young camel. And that's why we find the famous example of our mother Aisha radiallahu anha that she used to perfume her charity because she's giving it to a Rahman, to the most merciful, to raise for her. مَن ذَا الَّذِي يُقْرِضُ اللَّهَ قَرْضًا حَسَنًا فَيُضَاعِفَهُ لَهُ وَلَهُ أَجْرٌ كَرِيمٌ Who is going to loan to Allah a good loan that He multiply it for you and He grants you a generous reward. So here you have small deeds that you did raised by none other than Allah and turned into mountains to your delight if you were sincere. And so he's showing you your mustard seed turned to mountain. On the flip side, the Prophet said, I certainly know people of my ummah who will come on the day of judgment with good deeds like the mountains of Tihama. And Tihama are these huge mountains on the Arabian Peninsula. And he said, فَيَجْعَلَهُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ هَبَاءً مَنْثُورًا And Allah will turn those mountains into scattered dust. Thawban anhu, he said, Ya Rasulullah, Sifum lana. Describe those people to us. Tell us who they are so that we don't become of them. And he said to them that they are your brothers and they're from your people. And they worship at night just as you do. He said, but these are people who, when they are alone, they transgress the sacred limits of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what Allah means when He says in the Quran, وَقَدِمْنَا إِلَى مَا عَمِلُوا مِنْ عَمَلٍ فَجَعَلْنَاهُ هَبَاءً مَنْثُورًا We bring forth all that they did of good and we turn it into scattered particles. So here you have the opposite. Mountains turned into mirages due to a person having no regard for the sight of Allah when they sin away from the sight of the people. Now I know some people may say, well, what about the hadith about Allah forgiving secret sins? And I promise we'll get to that in detail. But in brief, some of the scholars say the hadith of Thawban is talking about the hypocrites who are only pretending to be believers. Whereas the famous hadith of the Prophet ﷺ saying that people are forgiven for their secret sins is about sincere believers who are struggling in private. In any case, this is someone who in private feels little regard for the sight of Allah and no conscience and no regret for their sins so long as they are not outed for them by people unlike the believer whose primary concern is always the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's also something about the Sahaba that made their small good deeds like Uhud, because they saw their small sins like Uhud too. 
Anas anhu said to the Tabi'een, the next generation, who were known for their plentiful good deeds, he said, إِنَّكُمْ لَتَعْمَلُونَ أَعْمَالًا هِيَ أَدَقُّ فِي أَعْيُنِكُمْ مِنَ الشَّعْرِ إِنْ كُنَّا لَنَعُدُّهَا عَلَىٰ عَهْدِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمْ مِنَ الْمُوبِقَاتِ He said, you do these things that you take so lightly. And in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, we used to consider them major sins. Now, just like how we said this rank is for the companions, the concept is still for us all. Ibn Mas'ud said the difference between the wicked person and the righteous one is that the wicked person sees his sins like a fly that lands on his nose. He just shoes it away. The believer, on the other hand, sees his sins. It's as if he is sitting under a mountain and he's worried that that mountain is going to fall on him. So the believer does not belittle any of his good deeds and he also doesn't belittle any of his sins. Every small deed, even if it's like a mustard seed, has the potential to be a mountain on the day of judgment of good or bad. And every mountain of good could be vanquished by a minor sin done unashamedly or a person's insincerity. However, there is one more part to this. How is it that the Sahaba were so afraid of their sins that they saw them like mountains like Uhud about to crush them, but they weren't paralyzed and paranoid. Rather, we see that they were fulfilled and they were lively. So what was it? It was that they understood that as great as their sins were, Allah's mercy is even greater. The Prophet said that Allah has said, O son of Adam, as long as you call upon me and ask of me, I shall forgive you for what you have done and I shall not mind. O son of Adam, were your sins to reach the clouds of the skies and were you then to come to me asking forgiveness of me, I would forgive you. Ya ibn Adam, innaka law ataytani bi qurab al-ardi khataya thumma laqitani la tushriku bi shay'a la ataytuka bi qurabiha maghfira. O son of Adam, were you to come to me with sins nearly as great as the earth and were you then to face me ascribing no partner to me, I would come to you with forgiveness the likes of it. So how blessed are we to have a Lord like Allah we disobey him with mountains of sin and he forgives us and gives us mountains of reward instead. And Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah has a beautiful saying in this regard where he says, That the servant comes on the day of judgment with sins that are the size of mountains. And he finds that his tongue has completely demolished those mountains of sins with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take our small deeds and turn them into mountains and take our mountains of sins and turn them into scattered particles.